Hello and welcome to this latest Marketing Week podcast. My name is Matt Barker, I'm a features writer at Marketing Week, and I'm chatting today with Michelle Webb, commercial director at the NFL, ahead of a new season and a return of two regular season games in London, with the Atlanta Falcons hosting the New York Jets on the 10th of October and the Jacksonville Jaguars hosting the Miami Dolphins on the 17th of October. Both games are taking place at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Before joining the NFL, Michelle spent just over six years working with Team GB at the British Olympic Association, was an account manager working with British Athletics at Fast Track, and spent a couple of years at the Octagon Agency, where she worked with NatWest Cricket on One Day Internationals and 2020 Games. Hi, Michelle. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Obviously, your CV is great, and a lot of sport. It's, it's pretty much all sport marketing, isn't it? Was, was that always your ambition? Was it a sector that you kind of fell into? Yeah, um, I've always been a keen sports enthusiast. Uh, I was an avid swimmer when I was younger um, and did a sport business course at university. If I'm being honest, I was probably more skewed to to get into sports journalism, especially at secondary school. Um, But it was probably required a lot more reading and writing than I uh, initially anticipated. So I went down the business route um, and I, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do after university. I'm sure like many, we were just like, oh, what's next? Um, I definitely realized that I wasn't going to do the typical gap year and backpacking. That That's not really me, but I did want to travel. So I used my experience as um, a swimmer and I actually got my swimming teacher, international swimming teacher qualification. And I went over to Australia to teach swimming over there. Not that I could probably do it better than them. They do pretty well in the pool. Um, But I worked at the University of New South Wales in Sydney um, and went out there for about 10 months. Uh, Went out there on my own. And if I'm honest, I became uh, an Australian. I borrowed their accent to be able to teach swimming because no one could really understand me when I was saying, show me front crawl arms. Uh, They had this bubble arm breathing arm kind of technique. So um, sorry about that terrible accent there, but um, that's, that's what resonated. Um, and it was in April 2000 and gosh, 2007 now. Um, and my visa was shortly coming to an end. And I was like, oh gosh, I really need to think about what I'm going to do when I grow up, when I go back home. And the reality is I wanted to stay in Australia. Um, and I stumbled across beach cricket, which was a huge concept over there at the time. And around the edge of the the, um, the beach was perimeter boards. One of those brands was Octagon. And I started Googling all of the perimeter boards branding um, and found out that Octagon was this global sports marketing agency and happened to have an agency in Australia. I was like, oh, this could be a great way to stay. Um, so at 22, I think, I was. I um, I emailed them and said, I'm really keen to work for you. Is there any opportunities? And they politely said, your visa's coming to an end. Please apply to our London office. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and my home where I grew up isn't in London. It wasn't, well, it still is in London. And um, I was like, I don't think I'm ready for the big city. But I put my hat in the ring. um, And long story short, I was incredibly fortunate to be offered an internship and um, came back from Australia in the May. And I think I started with Octagon in London uh, end of May, early June and went straight in feet first into the cricket season and working with NatWest as my client. 
and did the one day internationals. And it was amazing. I was incredibly lucky and fortunate to work with a fantastic team, learning very quickly um, and really, really enjoyed it. It was an internship for about three months. So I think that finished in September um, and they found me a junior role and I went back to work with them full time in the November of 2007. Stayed with them for about two and a half years and then just started experiencing other sports um, and now find myself at the NFL. Going forward a little bit to the Olympics, I just always had this idea that London 2012 was, was kind of a big pivotal moment. It, it was a time when a lot of brands, um, you know, started partnering sports in, in, in a a much sort of deeper way, I think. There was suddenly this idea that athletes are their own personalities, you know, and they don't have to just sort of sit there and trot out these well-rehearsed lines. Was that something that you were aware of at the time? Yes, um, I think so. Sport has this unmatched power to connect people. And London was a pivotal moment. Um, and I think there was so much nervousness around it, but we proved that we could create something and deliver on it. And it had this incredible ability to connect our country. Um, and how the athletes and brands connected was something that hadn't really been experienced before. I feel like we we tested the waters at Beijing with social media, but social media was probably the first time it was delivered in a comprehensive way at London. And as you say, athletes having a voice and being no longer reliant on traditional media. And I think London was the first time that really, really happened and people had to take a step back and accept that. Um, and then I think one of the lessons that we probably learned from COVID is just how important sport is as like part of our connective tissue. And it's more relevant and necessary today than it's ever been. Um, and so embracing all of that and experience all of that definitely supports kind of the direction that we have been taking and growing and learning from since London. Mm -hmm. And while all this was going on, were you always sort of aware of, of US sports? Were you sort of keen on any sort of US sports? Yeah, I think we can't deny that from a commercial perspective, US sports is a powerful machine. It draws together broadcast partners, commercial partners, brands, fans, and can be incredibly powerful. It's also not easy because it comes with great expectations and visibility but there's no denying it's exciting. And I've been incredibly fortunate to have attended a few Super Bowls and even like March Madness. And there's a definitive energy that is fueled by the participation of brands and fans. And it's definitely something I try to bottle up and try and recreate over on this side of the pond and encourage our partners to activate in a way that recreates that bold Americana um, that we all enjoy. Is that sort of partly what brought you to the NFL in 2017? Was that sort of the dream move for you by that time? Yeah, I had, as you said, I had benefited from over six, seven years of working in the Olympics for Team GB. And I knew that I wanted to experience working for a global brand that had equal commercial acumen and strength. And it just seemed like too good an opportunity to turn down. Um, and it's been great. It's been a fantastic four years and I've learned so much and hopefully still more learning to come. Great. Um, we, we've got the London Games coming up soon. And the UK has always had a long relationship with the NFL. I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to remember things like the Channel 4 coverage. There's a hugely knowledgeable fan base here. Is, is it a challenge to keep that consumer base happy? Because it's still 
I don't want to say niche, but you know, there's still a fairly select bunch there. And obviously trying to get to a wider consumer base, is there a balance to be struck? Because the stuff that attracts us to the sport in the first place, you know, the great Americana, as you said, you don't want to dilute that too much, do you? But you don't want things to get lost in translation, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you've hit the nail on the head there. The key word is balance. We're presenting a sports property that was built in the US now to fans that is based on a UK audience and environment. And so for us, it's about showcasing the best attributes of our game, but presenting it in a manner that appeals to the interests and tastes of a UK fan base. And having local UK, European players participating in the NFL certainly helps us to localize our content and create that emotional connection with our fans, which we we do focus heavily on. And that alongside launching our own 24-7 channel on Sky Sports now allows us to be a little bit more mainstream and ensure that we've got content to entertain those avid fans because we have a combination of avid and casual. And um, it's the, the task of our marketing team to make sure that they tailor to both of those audiences and ensure that they remain engaged. Yeah. Is that a potential challenge as well, excuse me, when, when it comes to dealing with, with, with brands, particularly native UK ones, in terms of storytelling and so on? I, I guess for people that don't necessarily know, there's a really healthy kind of grassroots game over here in the UK, isn't there, for instance? Is, is that kind of potential one way in for you, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Like We recognize we're not a product for everyone and that's okay. Um, but really what we try and do is work with brands to understand what their business challenges are. And if we can answer them, that's great. And we will work up an opportunity and a partnership with them that responds to those business objectives and hopefully demonstrates the return. But if we can't, then we're, we're quite happy to say, actually, we're, we're not the right fit for you. And that's okay. You might be better off looking at a different sport, but wherever possible, we try and demonstrate that we are flexible, that we are creative, that we're innovative, and we can try and find solutions. And as you say, we do have the London Games, but we're more than just a game. And that's something that we've worked quite heavily on over the last two, three years, which allows more brands to engage with us because we are season long. We have the grassroots program. We have more ideas in the pipeline that allows us to be more season long. And then you have the Pinnacle, which are the London Games, an incredible stadium in Tottenham Hotspur. What sort of plans do you have around this, 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 this sort of coming set of the, 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 the two games in October? I can't reveal too much, but um, one of our, our main marketing objectives as a business is to relaunch the London Games and demonstrate that we're back. Um, and we will very much adhere to our brand characteristics of being bold, of being Americana and, and ensuring that we, we are noticed. Um, and hopefully there will be a lot of activity and excitement that brands can get involved in. People will know that we're, we're not just a sports brand, we're a sports and entertainment brand. So I don't think they will be surprised if there are music artists performing at our games. That gives them something to be excited and entertained about. Um, and then there's, there's just more in the pipeline, but we're mindful that this stadium only accommodates 60-odd thousand. And playing two games, it means that we can only invite 120,000 fans to enjoy those games. So ensuring that we're not disregarding our fans at home is of equal importance. And we've got some strategies planned to ensure that they are also kept engaged and entertained. 
Yeah. I know this one's a bit of an old chestnut, so apologies, Michelle. But <laughs> invariably, every time there's a London game, there's talk about potentially a London-based team. Would that help you with your job if it were ever to happen? I'm, I'm guessing it, it kind of would, wouldn't it? Yes, yes, it would. Um, it ensures it ensures there's probably more attention, more focus on the sport as a whole. It ensures that more people are talking about it. There's more marketing power behind it. Um, so yes, eventually, I think that would be something that would be appealing and and offer further engagement opportunity for our fans as well. Yeah, is it still a possibility? Is, is it still up in the air? <laughs> I think it's impossible for us as a UK office to predict if and when it will happen as it's down to a team owner. We've always said that we wanted to make London franchise ready in terms of the size of the fan base, which we're definitely getting there. We've got over 16 million fans now, our stadium options. We've got a bespoke stadium purpose built for the NFL and having media and commercial partners to support all of that. So much of that is in place. So now it's a question of whether an NFL owner will decide at some point in the future that they want to relocate. And that's that's kind of out of our hands. So it's a, still a, a wait and see, I'm afraid. Could you potentially see one day it happening in London? Could the capital stage a Super Bowl? Well, the commissioner has always spoken about Super Bowls being a way to reward team cities. So it could be that there would need to be a team located in London before a Super Bowl was considered. Mm -hmm. We can't rule it out in the long-term future, but currently, because we don't have a team here, it's not something that's being discussed or considered. Great. Okay. Well, I'm still holding out hope anyway. (laughs) It would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. (laughs) The NFL has been very sort of vocal on social issues increasingly in, in, in recent years, much like the NBA as well, the other sort of big American sports brand. Increasingly, it's acceptable and even expected for athletes to have their say on on, on social issues. Is that something that you're now seeing brands increasingly take on on board as well? You know, there's lots of talk within the marketing industry about purpose and so on. And we mentioned the Super Bowl there and a lot of brands um, earlier this year had sort of messaging within a lot of their ads. Is that something that you've become increasingly aware of over the past couple of years? Yes, absolutely. It's become a very hot topic, even in the last 12, 18 months. And personally, I think it's so important for athletes to have a voice. And I'm proud of the efforts, not only the NFL, but kind of all sports in supporting freedom of speech. Um, and not only saying the right thing, but actively doing it um, and showing action to support it. From a UK perspective, we made a a conscientious effort to do more to support local communities. And we have a pillar in a program called Inspire Change. Um, And that is incredibly important to us and hopefully the brands and the community and the fans that we work with. And it's on us to drive that. Specifically, uh, we have a program called NFL Academy, um, and that is for 16 to 19 year olds. And we try to empower those students, for example, to find their voice and spend a lot of time listening to their concerns because we're not the experts, but we need to take on board their their opinions and understand what they expect from us, um, especially in terms of responding to societal issues that affect them. So we're developing a lot of work in this space um, and working with brands to get their input as well, because as I said, we don't know everything and actually we're stronger together. 
And there is plans to roll out over the next year or so some key programs that will support that Inspire Change pillar in the future. Wonderful. Michelle, thanks so much for your time. It's been a real pleasure chatting to you and I wish you lots of luck with the coming season and obviously better luck with the London Games as well. I know they're always a huge success and I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll continue to be so. Thank you very much for your time. Um, we are very excited about the two games and welcoming back live sport. It's been greatly missed um, and so we can't wait to see everyone there. Wonderful stuff. Okay, lovely. Um, and thanks so much for everyone listening. If you'd like to subscribe, uh, the Marketing Week podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else that, uh, that you download your podcast from. Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.